Hello, and welcome to Your Sales MBA, the podcast for your hosts, sales experts Jeff Hoffman and Cece Aparo, answer your most challenging sales and management questions. Let's dive into this week's episode topic. Do you ever look at your comp plan and think WTF? Or are you lost when your colleagues are talking about gaming the system? What exactly does gaming your comp plan even mean? And how do you do it? We're talking about all the comp questions you've ever had but have never asked on this week's episode of Your Sales MBA. Greetings, friends, and welcome to Your Sales MBA. I'm Cece Aparo, and I'm here with Jeff Hoffman. Hi, Hi, Jeff. Hi, Cece. Good morning. And we're going to answer all of your sales questions at every stage of the funnel. That's what this podcast is all about. It's getting into the weeds on how do I deal with my customer on X, or how do I figure out a better way to increase my pipeline or close more deals or negotiate better. But today, today's about comp. It's about comp. Compensation. So I got this email and it made me laugh because I've been in this person's shoes before. Devin wrote in this question and she has this. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Definitely. Hi, Jeff and Cece. I'm semi-embarrassed to admit this, but I've been in sales for five years and everyone talks about gaming their comp plan and I have no idea how to do it. I'm all for making more money, but I don't even know where to begin when it comes to figuring out how to game the system. How do I make the most out of my comp plan and overall package? Cheers, Devin. Devin, I hear you. Yeah, I do. I do. I do hear you. I want to be. I mean, we're not talking about manipulation or doing anything untoward no. or anything dishonest. God no. But but look, you've got a variable in your compensation as a salesperson, which puts you in a very unique place in most companies. Most people, not just most, 90% of people in an organization don't have variable compensations other than bonuses, but but we do. So our earnings do vary week to week. When people say, I don't know how you can be in sales, I know they're thinking, I don't know how you could take rejection. What they don't know is that's not the hardest part of sales. Nope. Hard part of sales is not knowing what you're going to make every week. It can be very, very difficult to plan a family uh-huh. when, you, when you're living this world. So it, this is a great question. I want to change game to take full advantage of your right, conflict. Like that way managers can listen to I this like and not, okay. not hate don't us. Don't freak out, managers. Or yeah, don't freak out, uh, CFO. Sorry. This is, this is how we take full advantage of the comp plan that we were given. First, your conversation's focus and attention should always be to the right, not to the left. What does that mean? Most comp plans are constructed so that the earnings accelerate with performance. Some comp plans don't. Some comp plans might be 3% or 2% or 5% of every sale, regardless of how much you sale. But most comp plans have some level to incentivize hyper-performance. So at 80% of your number, you make this rate. At 90% of your number, you make that rate. And as you start to creep into beyond your goal, 105% a goal, 110% a goal, 120% a goal, then the accelerators or steps or kickers, and I'm, I'm saying these words for Devin and others that don't know what these words refer to, these are all words that refer to extra bonuses you get with your sale because of your past performance. So if I close a $10,000 deal in March, I'll make my base rate. But if I close that same $100,000 deal in October when I'm 95% of goal, it's very possible that I'll get paid at a different and better rate. So that creates this strange place that Devin has heard many of her uh, colleagues talk about, which is, okay, knowing that, how do I do this for my advantage while still 
maintaining the charter of my company and doing what we're supposed to be doing here. So you look to the right. Your opportunities live in the accelerators, not in the base requirements to participate. Simply put, first rule of taking advantage of a comp plan is getting to your first step as fast as you can. Here is the challenge you have with a comp plan. Chances are overwhelming. It's an annual comp plan. Some of you may not have one like that, but let's call it that for this this conversation. If it's 12-month comp plan, the sooner you hit the accelerators, the more money you make. The worst thing you can do in sales on a comp plan is the expression called sandbagging. Sandbagging is withholding a deal longer than you could in the idea being I'd rather hold this deal for a few days or weeks, close it in a different cycle because I'll get paid higher in that cycle because of other deals I'm closing. That would be a manipulation of your comp plan and would be a direct violation probably of your company's charter. You are not honoring the requirements of sales and you're certainly not honoring your investors or shareholders that are not interested in making a payment from a customer late so you could get a higher commission check. So not only does it not work on your comp plan, it doesn't work in your company. You want to be as aggressive as you can early with your sales so that you hit your first accelerator as fast as you can. That's number one. Number two, you want to consider what you would do with deals that might require multiple rep involvements. And you want to have these conversations with your manager prior to any deal. Gaming the comp plan, as Devin said, is really more about finding the opportunities within the comp plan to make as much money as possible. And remember, when you make money in your comp plan, you get paid after the company does. So you're doing good things by having an aggressive kind of approach to to doing these sales. But what you want to consider with your manager is the manager is going to have very little power, if none, in changing the numbers in that comp plan. That came from finance. But the manager may have a great deal of discretion in handling activities that happen during your year. So, for example, let's say you know you're working on some territories that might have other rep involvement. It would be smart of you to negotiate that with your manager prior. So saying to your manager, look, I know we've got some deals in the pipeline coming up, kind of be extra comped. They're going to close a little late because so many people are working on it. CC, I would like to tell you, even if this deal comes in later than expected, I don't want to get paid on steps on this. I'm never going to ask for steps or kickers on a deal I didn't close all by myself. So could you tell me, CC, when this deal closed, what do I have to do in finance to make sure I don't get the extra bonus or kicker? Now, what a weird thing I'm saying to my manager. I'm basically refusing a comp, but I'm not. What I'm refusing to do is to be paid on something I didn't fully work on. And that message is going to carry greatly when you're working through your comp plan later in the year. The manager, and I know we have managers that listen to our podcasts, the manager has to deal with the feedback from every rep on this comp plan. So they are having this conversation times 12. And most of the conversations are all to what I call to the left, not to the right. They're asking questions about this number is very high before I can get my steps or my base is too low or why do I only get paid at 80%? Can't they get paid at 70%? If you're focusing on the numbers to the left of the comp plan, you are telegraphing to your sales manager that you don't have confidence in your ability to hit steps. But when you say to your manager ahead of time, 
I only want baseline comp on deals I don't fully close is telling them the opposite, that you have full confidence in your ability to hit steps and you think you're going to hit them earlier than anyone else. This is going to help you in the hundred of comp issues you're going to have for the next 12 months because your manager is going to say, is this someone who is a left of the spreadsheet rep or is this someone who is a right of the spreadsheet rep? Okay, I already know how I'm going to game my comp plan now. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, I gave you the comp plan. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, I still have a couple questions. Yeah, go for it. All right, and I'm sure other people are thinking about this out there. Some people in their comp plans have clawbacks. How does that impact these conversations that you're having with your manager? How does it impact the overall comp plan itself? So what Cece's referring to is a clawback. It means that generally we in sales are paid when the ink is dry on the contract or purchase order. But as you know, that there's still the issue of the actual payment. And most companies don't have a lot of clawback policies because the idea is that if we have a clawback policy, what we're going to say is you sign the deal, we'll pay you when it's signed. But if that customer bails or that customer cancels or that customer doesn't pay, we have the right to take your commission money back mm -hmm. and we'll do that in future earnings. Think about how dehabilitating that is for a rep. You've closed a deal and then three months later and you're long gone from this deal, the company was acquired and has canceled the contract in the 90-day window of which you closed it. And now that $1,200 commission check you got in March, you just got your June check and it's $45 because they just took all of that out because of the, that poor thing that happened. And when you walk into your boss's office dejected and frustrated, what does your boss say? Well, you should have known they were going to be acquired. You should have gotten rid of the 90-day out. You should have blah, 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 only throwing salt on the wound. You're, so you're telling me, boss, that you're giving me this advice the moment I just lost $1,200. Thanks. How thoughtful of you. I, I've never understood managers that use bad moments to do some kind of learning episode. How do we handle this? How do we avoid all this stuff? Well, if you have clawbacks, those are company policies. So it's unlikely that you're going to be able to really manage it. But one of the things that I would do, and I do it with a comp plan, is when you find out there's a clawback, find out if you can get that clawback to obviously it's going to impact your earnings poorly, but maybe it doesn't have to affect your quota retirement. What if it's like, look, if there's a clawback on a 90 day, I get it if, if they, you know, they don't pay us, but if it's, if it's a 90 day out and they exercise it, then the only thing that went wrong was the onboarding. The only thing that went wrong was the actual delivery of the training. It wasn't my fault. I get it. I shouldn't get paid. The customer didn't pay us, but can I get quarter retirement or a 50% quarter retirement? If I close a $10,000 deal and then they backed out uh, 90 days out and I lost a 10,000 commission that you already paid me on. Could you at least leave the $10,000 retired out of so I can enjoy steps later? That's a fair thing to ask. And you might get lucky with that request, particularly if you're flexible with it. Hey, how about this, CC? I get the clawback thing. I think it's crap, but I get it. Because here's the problem with the clawback. And, and by the way, if you're thinking, well, it sounds reasonable then that you would have a clawback. Well, if you're listening, you're not in sales. Let me tell you why clawbacks are not cool for salespeople. Oh, yeah, we lose the money back. It's because it would inspire wrong behaviors. Clawbacks force salespeople to stay in the opportunity longer than you want them to. The sales rep's job is for growth. But if I know there's a 90-day clawback potential, I'm going to hang around these deals 
all the way to the 91st day. So I'm going to be sitting in on customer service calls and account management calls and training calls because I know that if there's any turbulence, I could be at risk of losing the deal. Well, that seems to make a lot of sense. One problem. If I'm going to be on a bunch of account manager and customer service calls for the next month, where's your pipeline? Where's my pipeline? So most companies get this. So they say, that's why we want reps to sell and account managers to manage the post-sale relationship. But then sometimes finance gets cute. And they say, yeah, but we're not going to pay reps on deals that don't close. Why should the rep get paid if we don't? Many companies decided a long time ago, that's the cost of doing business. If you want reps to hustle, you pay them. That being said, I think you might have open doors on that kind of idea of addressing the uh, the clawback, but you can do it on the right side instead of the left side. So what I might say to CC after I've said this is that CC could easily say, look, Jeff, I really don't know if I can do that, et cetera, et cetera. And then I can say, well, what if we do this? What if there's a clawback, no retirement of quota, no pay, unless a misstep? If I'm already over a goal, you know I'm doing good work. You know I'm writing good paper. Writing good paper means I'm writing good deals that are not backing out. I'm writing good paper and I'm over my quota. I'm clearly one of your better reps. If I have to walk into step quarter, that's probably the fourth quarter of the year where I'm finally at my highest accelerator and every deal is worth an extra 30% and I am going gangbusters, this is not the time to do clawbacks on me because this is where I get all my pay. So if I've been doing everything right for nine months and somebody in October bails, I still won't get paid. I'm cool with that. I'm not looking to get paid on something a company can get paid for. What I'd ask you to do is leave it in my quota retirement so I can continue to enjoy steps on other deals. That's a reasonable conversation to have. And if you have that conversation without an actual deal in hand, you'll find your manager might be more likely to listen. I think the two things here that reign supreme for anyone who doesn't want to game their comp plan, but maybe take advantage of their comp plan is the following. Be proactive with your manager. Have these conversations early on in the year whenever a new comp plan is rolled out. And the second thing is to focus on the right of that comp plan. Don't spend time focusing on the left. Demonstrate that you're committed by focusing on the right and you'll be good to go. Absolutely. Great, great email. I'm so happy that Devin wrote it. I hope Devin makes a ton of money this year. Me too. <laughs> All right, before we rock and roll here, Jeff, what is one thing that listeners should do today that it's going to impact their sales? One thing you can do today to impact your sales, and again, I always like to think about things a little bit outside the box. Think about something within your community, circle of friends, church, synagogue, mosque, student, school, local, whatever, somewhere where you can volunteer to give a presentation on what you do. Maybe that's a high school to talk about your role. Maybe it's at your church to talk about what some cool stuff that your company does from a nonprofit perspective. It doesn't really matter. Get the opportunity to speak in front of people about what you do and make sure the people in that audience have nothing to do with your customer base. This is not a sales call. This is about you getting stronger in being in a position of being what I call a subject matter expert about you. You know, if you want to be a trusted advisor and you want to have that respect from your customers, prospects, and management team, then you have to act it. And you act it by having complete command, number one, about what you do for a living. We all know it, right? How many uh, barbecues and, and, and Christmas parties do we go to in a lifetime? 
time where our cousin says, what do you do again? And we look at them like it was the hardest question anyone's ever asked me. Well, it's kind of complicated. Let me see if I can simplify it. And then all we do is we sound like a jackass. <laughs> when do I think I should be able to answer that cousin's question with something a little more exciting than a deep inhale that goes, well, it's kind of complicated. So getting up in front of complete strangers that you respect because that's why I asked you to do this in a community event, forces you to talk about what you do for a living, not only to explain it to people who are not your buyer, but also to explain to people why you like doing it, because why else would they be listening to you unless they wanted to know why you liked doing it? So see if you can't find a place to volunteer for 10 minutes and tell people what you do for a living. And if you have any follow-up questions on this week's episode, or if you have a sales question that you are dying to get answered, make sure you send it on over to us. Hey, send us a comp plan. You can apply a podcast to a real comp plan if we had one. Yeah, there's really no question regarding sales we wouldn't entertain. Um, we might not read it, but we on, on the podcast. But we'll, as many of you know, we do answer these, not just only on, on the podcast. But who knows? Maybe you'll uh, you'll get on the, uh, on the show. Thanks for listening and happy selling. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Your Sales MBA. If you have sales or management questions, feel free to send them to podcast at sellhoffman.com. That's podcast at S-E-L-L-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.com. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps boost us in the ratings so other reps like you can find us. Until next time, happy selling. Happy selling.